1: My name is Katie Finnerin and you are listening to And The Award Goes To... It's a look back at Broadway's most magical
2: night, and all of the winners reminisce with delight. With their talents and brilliance, they always impress. And the Tony goes to my special guest. Have you ever dreamed of winning a Tony Award? Did you ever practice your Tony acceptance speech in the bathroom mirror? Did you grow up watching the Tony Awards every year? Do you have a collection of Tony Award shows on VHS tape that you refuse to throw out? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Every week I interview your favorite Tony Award winners and together we go down memory lane as my guests share intimate and never before shared details about their Tony experience. By the end of every episode, you're going to feel like you just wanted Tony. Welcome to and the Tony Goes To. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Welcome today's Tony winner, Katie
3: Finnerin.
0: Katie Finnerin promises promises.
3: I have so much to be grateful for. I have like 20 family and friends that that came in tonight to be here. They're on the rafters. Um yeah. Asked me to marry him last week and the week before that Angela Lansbury took me to Joe Allen for dinner. Uh-huh. So I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I want to thank uh, Craig Zaden and Neil Maron for, for making the most beautiful show. I want you guys to produce a million more Broadway shows. You're extraordinary. I want to thank the superstar Kristen Chenoweth who loaned me her eyelashes tonight. Sean Hayes who I'm so in love with, he's just the best scene partner ever and uh, Beth Williams and the extraordinary Rob Ashford who gave me this part and let me run with it and created the most spectacular show which you'll see a little bit more of later. But most of all, I wanna talk to the kids at home watching. I was a kid and I watched the show and it seemed so far away from me. And I wanna tell you that all of us up here on the stage and in this audience, we feel the same way. with the world being so fast right now, I want to remind you to focus on what you love because it is the greatest passport, it is the greatest roadmap to an extraordinarily blissful life. Just focus on that one thing, don't listen to anybody else, and you will run into the right people, the right teachers, the right moments and circumstances, and one day you will meet the person that will share that love with you. And for me, that's Darren Goldstein, and uh, my life has never been the same since I met you. Um, And thank you for sharing the love of the theater with me because it's just uh, the light of my life, and I know you all feel the same way, and I'm uh, I'm so very grateful, thank you. Hi,
1: how are you? (laughs) Um, So can you just talk about that? Sure. think that i want to say i was pregnant at the no i couldn't have been was i pregnant i think i was my breasts look incredibly beautiful so i think i was pregnant at the time is that too much information
2: i think that's why i podcast ah!
1: <laughs> 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 no i guess it i you know it's funny i i had one a, a tony before that and i remember trying to remember people's names and was I going to get in trouble? And it was sort of a thing of fear. Mm-hmm. And that night um, I had such uh, comfort with all of my, because everybody in the audience is my friend. I'm lucky enough to say that. And David and um, David Hyde Pierce and um, the world famous. Um, oh my God. He's my friend. I can't Kelsey who. Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Thank you. Uh they I had played their girlfriend. They were fighting over me on Fraser at one point. And so having them say my name was just so so beautiful. And uh I just remembered, if I win, just remember don't let your mouth get ahead of your heart. You know? Don't like, don't just keep talking hoping that you're gonna fill the air. I, I really wanted to listen to what I I would want to hear if I was watching. Um
2: well, you achieved that. I mean, I feel like you hit every note uh, just so beautifully. And it was aspirational and inspirational and and also personal, like wildly personal about what was going on. I mean, you had just decided to get married. You're now saying that you were pregnant and you knew that. Um, and so how beautiful to kind of have all of that love in your life and love in your work sort of come together in that way promises promises um with such a little gem of a show what was so incredible is that you you didn't have as much stage time as you've probably had in other shows but when you were on stage um you whipped us all into a frenzy of delight and awe um and and thus this nomination, and then win. Like, like it, was a, it, it was like all there, that one number you had with Sean was just extraordinary. So when you were offered this part, did you read for this part? Were you offered it? How did it come to you?
1: I think they had done several uh, iterations of it in workshop. Um, and I was asked to do one of the workshops with Anne Hathaway uh, and Sean. And and Anne was wonderful. She probably had, you know, who knows what she had to do, but uh, yeah. she was wonderful. And I remember I did the workshop, and I've done so many of these quirky characters. I thought, like, I'll know what it is when I find it. And I hadn't found it after the first run-through. We did the first run-through, and then we're going to do it for, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein and all the big Neil and Craig, uh, Neil Merritt and Craig Zayden. And uh, I remember going, oh, I totally bombed it's called bombing before lunch and I hadn't made the right choices and I knew that I would make the right choices, but they were all wrong. It wasn't funny. I was kind of picking out of stuff out of my old hat and uh, it was just not clicking. And so I worked during that lunch period very intensely and Sally Kellerman's voice came <laughs> into my mind. Right. Sally Kellerman. Hello, Sally. Right. Yes. Hey there. How you doing everybody? Um, and, which is probably exaggerated when she's in public, right? So this woman wants to pick somebody up. And so she's la, 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 la. So I did that. And I really listened to Sean rather than trying to think about myself. I really uh-huh. listened to Sean. And he's such a phenomenal partner, comedic partner which is essentially like having a great mathematician play opposite you, as you know from your genius performance in Charlie Brown, which I'll never forget. Um, It is math. You're doing a math problem together and you're solving it one at a time. Yeah. You can't solve it at the same time. You just solve it one. You go now. Now I'm going to go. Now you go now. And hopefully you both get the same number. It's so specific. It is so... um, I'm dead serious about comedy. I know uh, I've spoken about it before, but I love it, but you have to figure it out. You have to figure out what the math is. And Sean, there was nobody better, right. nobody better. And so generous because he could lift his left pinky and everyone would laugh. And he sort of, he's like, okay, your turn. And now I'm going to set you up and now it's your turn again. And then I'm going to set you up and it's your turn again. That never would have happened with uh, an. a less less scene partner. And I mean that dramatically. I really mean that. Like all all the person has to do is move the wrong way. I remember when I was doing Noises Off, uh, there were a couple of people on stage who hadn't done a lot of farce. And I turned to somebody, I turned to somebody, uh, this is Tom McCarthy before his uh, big fancy Academy Award winning uh, film career. But he was sort of trying to talk to me naturalistic naturalistically. And I said, If you move one more time, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> because it was Patty Lepone. He wanted Oscar. <laughs> Oscar. It was he left me in the dust. He, yeah. he Patty Lapone, it was her turn on the left side of the, the stage. But it's so sensitive comedy yes. that if the audience is watching and somebody's moving on the right side of the stage but they're meant to be focused on the left side of the stage. The plot gets lost. The next three moments get lost. Did you hear that? Is uh, that buzzing? Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe we'd have to do Darren got an email, so I just- link thing. <laughs> so, uh, but but the audience gets lost. They have to take a, a chance to like psychologically recover. It's a real, it's a so sensitive. And you think about things that make you laugh in, in your real world. You can't always define it, but you know you're focused on it. Look at that guy. No, look at that guy. Look what he's doing. It's hilarious. But you're not distracted by another guy or a dog or whatever. You're giving someone your full attention. And the people on the stage have to understand that. Yeah. Like, you know, Sorry. It's very serious.
2: No, but I feel like I I think you have always had maybe it's a learned thing maybe it's not but you have always intuited and had this innate ability to do the math right like like not everybody can do that or understand it in a way that allows repetition right like sometimes you can fall into something but if you don't understand the 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 equation of it you can't repeat it night after night
1: i remember the worst i was doing this this it's a very serious play with Danny Futterman and, and written by, um, uh, it was called A Fair Country. John Robbie Bates wrote it. It was about South Africa and apartheid and everything. And I played the girlfriend who was kind of tired of the sun being so serious all the time. It was not a funny part, but I had one moment with Richard Clark and a wonderful actor. And I did something and I remember, I think like Joe Papp and Meryl Streeper in the audience or something like that. And I remember feeling so happy because that night I got such a huge laugh. And to this day, I have no idea why. That's the only time it's ever happened to me. Other than that, I'm always in control of it. I know yeah. like where it is, what the. But that's the only. And I kept saying to Richard Clark, what did I do? What did I was do? brilliant for and a night. Like, don't ask for a cup of tea. Don't ask for a laugh. Ask for a cup of tea. You know that one, right? Okay, we know. But also, what did I do? I know that. I and I could never get it back. And, and, uh, and that's another thing with reviews. I never read reviews. And I'm not just an actress who says I don't read reviews and then I secretly do. I really don't because it's none of my business. If the producers want to read it and it helps them change the show, that's right. fine. But I right. never read them because Ben Brantley wrote a review of a production of Arms and the Man. And he liked me very much, did not like the production at all. But he said something very specific. Katie Finneran does this thing on the, um, on the bed and she just takes a picture. And I, read, I, read, I went back and looked at the script. It's not in the script. What she did is so funny. You have to see this performance. This moment, yeah. After that, I was like, oh, everybody, uh, this is the part Ben Brantley liked. <laughs> Never got a laugh after that. Never gonna laugh. It was just like too self-conscious. Like, oh, people are probably coming and pointing out this moment. And now I'm just in my head and I'm lost. Right. So after that, I never read reviews.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Mm, the, the role of, of Marge McDougall, that was your character's name in the show had originally been played in the uh, original production by Marian Mercer. Who won a Tony? So you went into this show knowing that there had been some history and a precedent with this particular part. Um, how did that make you feel?
1: Fine. It told me that the the part is is has a has a template. It has a skeleton for greatness. It has a, it, it can hold the words can hold, and of course it's Neil Simon. So, and uh, I was very close friends with Neil Simon, um, for like a good 12 years. Uh, we were very close and, um, you know, then life sort of gets in the way and people, people have, but, but getting back together with him, uh, on this show, I, he said to me, the only note he ever gave me was, you know, I always wanted, uh, wanted, wanted someone to do the, uh, the owl noise. I always wanted someone to do the owl noise. That's the only thing. And you're like, okay. And I just did it as a joke in rehearsal one day. And um, I always say, (laughs) I always say, that won me a (laughs) Tony. Have you been able able to work that
3: into other roles? Every child I ever meet, my, my kids are like, oh, here comes the owl. They get him, but they love him. You're like,
1: mommy wanted Tony
2: for this.
3: This is a
1: Western screeching owl. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was great to be with Neil again before he sort of started to decline in health. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. really why we weren't really friends anymore because he was kind of losing, you know, it was harder to communicate.
2: But right. Well. Rob Ashford, the director, of course, but but the show who who also is an extraordinary choreographer. So you had in one person um this vision that that infiltrated the production in in many wonderful ways. but the the original team were Bert Backrack, Neil Simon, and Hal David. As we speak today, it is it is the day that Bert Backrack passed away um i just found out this morning was that trio of bert and neil and
1: hal around the rehearsal room when you did the show you know it was a funny process of bert backrack what a, what an extraordinary individual voice like nobody said, you can always recognize a bert backrack song it's it's like he brought that sound to the world and oh yeah. he did that it wasn't really even imitated that much he um really great so it was a pleasure to listen to that show every night the rehearsal process was kind of odd because they, had, the cast had already rehearsed for like six weeks before I came in. <laughs> it wasn't six weeks, but it was definitely three, three and a half weeks.
2: Because, they, because your part was smaller and so they yes. were sort of attending to the rest of the show.
1: And our musical number was just going to be uh, um, uh, Sean and I. Right. Sean and me. I try to teach my kids that. Sean and me. Sean and me. It was just me. Sean and me. Um, so I, I hadn't been sort of hadn't really bonded with the company. Sean and I had bonded right away when we met, but Sean comes in, knows all his lines, knows he's such a pro. He's just unbelievable. I never learned my lines, especially with a comedy, because I need to know what the attention intention is with the line. It's sort of like having all the ingredients on the counter, learning my lines and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah. So I, uh, didn't have my lines memorized. And the way Rob uh, rehearsed it, I think you were talking about this with Patty LaPone also, that you never really work on your book scenes that much in a musical. And that's traditional. It's nobody's fault. It's just sort of the way, what you have time for. Yeah. And we're all pros and we work it out. But I knew the scene was going to be very technical and very kind of difficult. We were going to need to give it at least an hour or two. You know, sure. and there's a couch, there's, you know, this sort of physical comedy. Yeah. And I I came into the room and I read it and every all the dancers were watching and Rob and everybody was watching. He was just like, "Okay, do the scene now." And I I'm the least pissy person in show business, I think, but I got very um I, it was very disconcerting for me. And I, I, I said, "Oh well, I um uh," and it was it was uh, evident enough that Rob said, "Let's go, let's go in the other room." So I went in the other room and I said, "Rob, we're going to need. I'm going to need. You're going to need to to etch out some time for this because this is really technical stuff, and I, we're going to need to find this together. I can't just. This is more than what you think it is. It's very. We need to make it look easy, but we need to know exactly what we're doing. And so uh, then he just etched out more time, and and Sean and I and, and Rob worked it out, and uh, it was it was pretty pretty exacting.
2: Yeah. And spectacular, oh. you know. Another, another beautiful soul in your show. Who I just had a long talk with about with Harvey Firestein because Dick Latessa was also in Hairspray oh. with Harvey, and and Harvey talked a lot about what sort of Dick Latessa brings to a show. And I wonder because he also had a part that you know came on, but you both might have been off stage. At some point together. Um, Did you get
1: to know him at all? Let me tell you something. It's so funny that you... I, I thought to myself this morning, how am I going to bring up Dick Latessa and spend time on him? It's very funny that you brought him up first. He was like a Broadway force, like a, a journeyman. You put him mm-hmm. in your show, everybody breathes easy. Yeah. He's like... um he is a foundation for a show. He has a, a, an effortless quality. He is so affable, but again, very exacting. We had worked together on the tour of, of Neil Simon's proposals. And in <laughs> he'd done so many shoes, shows. We, we weren't selling very well. I just always think of him when I'm in a show and it's not selling well. He would go, Ah, eh, you could shoot deer in the balcony. I don't, know. I don't even know why that's funny. It doesn't really make or sense. Or what it even means, but right. <laughs> yeah hey, you can shoot deer in the balcony. Don't okay. buy a car anybody <laughs> So uh, he was just extraordinary. I love that guy and I remember um, Jonathan, his husband I feel like he wasn't celebrated enough when he passed. Mm. Something was happening. I can't even remember what um, some world event and I always celebrate him to myself. He was he was. Back in the day, he would have been a very famous, um, like, supporting actor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But these days, I guess things are more about being TV and film and everything. But everybody knew his worth on Broadway. He was extraordinary. I'm sure Harvey said extraordinary things about him. He actually that. made, he made that performance in Hairspray. He validated Harvey's uh, physicality uh, as a, a woman. Because he was so in love with Harvey in that show. He never sent it up. He never winked at it. He was in love with that moment. Yeah. that was the whole his... show work. Yeah. This is my wife. This is and my I like beautiful her. wife. Yeah. Yeah. And think about other actors would have sort of, I don't know. I just, he, he just really grounded that whole show. Thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and everything he did. Um, I'm also you know, his
1: fourth daughter. I used to call myself Vanessa LaTessa. I want to be Vanessa Latessa. I'm Dick, Dick Latessa's fourth daughter, Vanessa Latessa. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful man. Wonderful um, man. It's so funny that you
2: talk about Sally Kellerman, sort of the the little seeds that we plant sometimes for ourselves. We start out sort of with this idea of imitating a, a, a goddess of, of some kind that we we adore their work for and then of course it becomes your own and no one would have seen you in promises promises and go oh she's imitating Sally Kellerman um or even channeling her it was pure you but i love the idea of sort of where the seed of an idea comes from just to like get the thing jump started when it's when it's hard when it's not coming Exactly in the moment that you needed to, and that kind of miracle when you're like,
1: oh, oh it's I such know, a blessed. I, I always, <clears throat> I hope that comes for the rest of my life because it is such a blessed moment when that happens. It's like a miracle. You, I just saw Sally Kellerman, and I went, this woman wants to be. I don't know if she's the same at home. She's not, but when she's out and she's looking for a man, she wants to believe that everything she says, everyone's listening. Everyone leans in and listens to what she's saying, no matter what it is. You know what I mean? Like she's just the best. needs the attention so badly. Yes. And um, yeah, and the successful. fun of, you know,
2: your character's sort of, I mean, maybe bar fly, there might be a better word, but just the idea of like this, we think we know who this person is. There's sort of a an idea of the kind of character we find in a bar alone mm-hmm. with... the um, Closing. Feathers, feathers on her outfit. Um, can you talk about your relationship to Kristen? Did you know Kristen before? Yes,
1: promises? Kristen, We didn't really. We knew each other. I remember I busted. I didn't know anybody on stage. I didn't know you and Charlie Brown. But I came back. I love that show so much. I saw you backstage after that show. Do you remember that? It's a long time ago. But I came backstage. And I, you were coming out and I told you how wonderful you were. I mean, that was a hard character to do. What a cartoon. I mean, it is a cartoon, but it was just hilarious every time you open your mouth. Thank you. And then when Kristen did that thing in her performance where she starts, she goes, "Ah!" and she goes, uh, uh, and she's surprised that she sings as well as she does. I I almost like uh, snorted up along. It was just so funny. And I remember going back to tell her, oh, I know why. Okay. I got very close. I forgot this. I got very close to getting Sally. And I remember uh, going up to pay my respects to her. And I didn't, nobody knows this. Nobody knew I was close to it. But I remember right. going, see, like when you don't get a part, the person who gets the part is the right person. And I felt so um, just happy for her because mm-hmm. it, it was the right it one. It Yes. Exactly. And so yeah. I went, I found my way backstage and maybe I knew the stage manager or something. And, and I said, you are phenomenal. You're going to win a Tony for this. This is an extraordinary performance. I mean, it's so, so well done and so human. And yeah, so that's why. Uh, so we knew each other from that. Right. And uh, around the community. And then uh, <laughs> when we first saw each other, uh, we were doing rehearsal. And the first thing she said was, I'm going to freeze my eggs. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to freeze my eggs too.
3: <laughs> we just talked
1: about you know just playing these roles and and I think I think it was so brave of her to do that role because it's not the funny role it's not the m- 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 my role in the show it's kind of right. a serious role it's not in a in a part um, of her voice that is usually celebrated it's in yep. really an alto part yeah and it's a sad part she's like did she like try She during my scene she's like Killed herself on the on yeah, the she's bed. Taking pills. Yeah. Thank goodness that wasn't lit because everybody's been looking over there. It's like she's taking like a handful of pills. Yeah. Um, but it, I was thought it was really brave of her to do it because I thought she really shone. and and she's so versatile and I don't think she gets to do that very often. So I was. And it
2: much. was it was a like a quiet part, right? It mm, was like this mm-hmm. quiet jewel of a part. I mean, those songs. What do you get when you fall in love? I mean, there mm. are some incredible songs that she got to sing that sat so beautifully in her instrument. And um, and she, too, just fell deeply in love with Sean Hayes.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck.
2: I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and
0: spins mean everything. Now,
3: you want to get mixed up in the family
0: business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: So you had to leave the show uh, before some other cast members because as I recall, it was announced that you were pregnant. And I was obvious- so
1: pregnant. I was. It was like I'm playing the, I'm drinking through the whole show. And then Sean and I had this thing where he jumps up at the end where we go to make up he jumps up on my stomach, you know, he wraps his legs around my waist. And this was so bad. And I'm so sorry. I've apologized to him a million times since, but during this show, I remember going, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. I just had to tell you that (laughs) during the show. I told him it's so bad. When you're pregnant, you think like you're the only one that's ever been pregnant. It's just so silly and it's your whole world. And I was nervous to tell people because I was older. I was like almost 40 and 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 he was like, oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, should we do the jump? And I was like, y- yes, of course we should do the jump. <laughs> Making him right. responsible. I just need for you to know, my baby. Yeah, go yes. ahead, and squeeze my baby. <laughs> Terrible. And I am strong as an ox, so I would just lift him above the belly, and uh, we would continue to make out. And then I just got so big; they kept releasing the spandex and and the and the the the, the, um, the black lace. Until it was kind of like people were watching the audience saying, guys, "This this this has a lot of layers." This show, <laughs> guys. This is she really is needs weird. To meet somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she has met somebody. Um, so <laughs> yes. So yeah, so, that, it, so it was guys. time. I think Beth Williams actually said, "Yeah, um, I brought you this box and was all these baby clothes," and she's like, "You need to go." <laughs> and I said, "Really? I could stay another month." And she's like, well, "It's just looking a little." So um, the wonderful Molly Shannon came in after me.
2: You mentioned Beth Williams in your speech in, in the list of people you thanked. So
1: she was the producer of the show? She was the producer, one of the producers of the show, yes, yes.
2: Before we come to a close, I have to just say, and I think I've told you this before, the first Broadway show, my now husband, then newly dating boyfriend, and I saw together was Noises Off. and. Watching you in that show, the like we laughed in a way that I feel like people next to us were like, that bit happened five <laughs> minutes ago, and you're missing the rest of the show, and you're distracting us. Like every time you did that brilliant like walk into the wall and seem like you're, you know, Katie's character loses her contacts and then just walks into walls for most of the play. And there was something about it that, it's not like I've never seen someone do slapstick comedy or farce before, but we both looked at each other and we were like, we have never witnessed anything like this on stage. And it was so bonding for us because it was the first time we sat like next to each other, like side by side watching something. And I was like, we have to have the same taste because if we don't, oh, it's you over." Yeah, go to the theater with someone for the rest of your life and or not in enjoy the it. kitchen with them. <laughs> nothing everything was going to be a disaster um and really like when i think about my origin story in my relationship with dominic you are like front and center you're such a huge part of the thing that i treasure which was like just laughing together in the early unencumbered days of of new love so thank you for being a part of my love story not just with the theater but with my husband you just Oh, you're just what front and center.
1: There's nothing Diet. like unambiguous comedy to sort of bring people together. Right. It's like, so it's like medicine. It's like but medicine you
2: in particular. And, and you know, that was your first Tony. And I feel like I sat there, you know, the way you were watching Kristen and you're like, you're going to win a Tony. I saw you and I was like, she's going to win a Tony. And if she doesn't, I'm going to like sit Shiva and rip my blouse and just sit Shiva for the <laughs> theater community. Um, before I let you go, um, I just have one or two questions left. One, the dress you were wearing that night, this beautiful white gown—do you remember? Or cream?
1: Do you have a story about how that dress came to be your Tony yes. dress? Jeff Mashey, uh makes dresses for for these lovely, beautiful women who win Tony awards, and um, I was introduced to him a long time ago, and he's become a very close friend of mine. He did my first. Uh, tony dress my red dress gorgeous. and i thought i wanted a pink dress and he's like mm, let's try cream so i was like fine he put it on me and it was just so uh, so elegant i loved it so much i wore it for my wedding
2: <laughs> wow yeah wow and i'm, so wearing, nice right now. And I'm wearing it twice right- <laughs> i'm sorry it's a podcast you guys and her still breasts fits. are still gorgeous They're fantastic you also talk about, you know, people you love being in the audience that night. Obviously, the camera panned to your beautiful, at the time, fiance. Who else was there um, from the close friends and family circle that you can recall?
1: My parents are nuts. They have been so uh, supportive of me since they since I was 12. I've been training, like seriously training and acting since I was 12. And they've been extremely supportive. They have a network of like thirty friends. I thought people wouldn't believe me if I said thirty, so I said twenty. There were thirty-two people there <laughs> that night. That all friends, my parents is like, it's like if if I think people just want to be friends with them so they can get invited to the Tony or the opening or whatever. Every time I have an opening, in fact, I have a show coming up that this theater is small. It's the uh, Helen Hayes and, and they're not going to fit all my parents' friends. There's like 32 people every year. You're like, guys, we <laughs> have <laughs> to,
2: what's happening with the Schubert?
1: <laughs> a few, we're going to have to get a bigger theater. <laughs> a few of their friends have died now because they're 82, but or they're 81 now, sorry. But uh, but they the number's dwindling a little bit, but these people come every time I do a show. And so That's when incredible. I won a Tony Award, they were like, well, we already have the tickets. So I had to get them all tickets. But I thought if I said 32 people would think I was exaggerating and it was only five. but no, you're you know? not. Yeah. <laughs> there was 32 people. In fact, at the uh, the opening of Promises Promises, they were in the corner of a ballroom waiting for, for me. And I remember it took like an hour to go through every <laughs> It's extraordinary. If you can do that for somebody, uh, you know. I'm like the biggest backstage host you've ever met. Yeah. We met this man at the post office and he said that he loved Oklahoma when he was growing up. Do you think you can meet him backstage and bring him back to your dressing room? Of course, mother.
2: I love it. I love that. I mean, that's the fun, right? To be able to share something that you do with the people that you love who supported you through the whole thing. Like how extraordinary that you have that. I know you brought your brother to the first Tony Awards. I mean, it really has been a family affair. It's so yes. beautiful. All right, before I let you go, if you could just indulge me and and finish this sentence, which is, to me, Katie finnerin promises, promises, is.
1: To me, promises, promises was a chance to carry the audience and take them away and and make them laugh at themselves and this, these great characters it just it just worked it just worked
2: it really did it was just you know sometimes there's a, an actress and a part that come together and it's just undeniably delicious to behold and uh had a few of those and it's just been what a ride
1: what a ride I mean I, don't I know it it's 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 there's nothing more thrilling there's nothing more thrilling than when it all comes together like that. Like I said, the math, the chemistry of it. and you can deliver that and the audience receives it in that way, and it it, it just lights them up and makes them feel energized and happy. Oh my God, there's no better. There's no bigger privilege.
2: Thank you, Katie, for being on the show today. I am <laughs> so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Alana. And The Tony Goes To is produced by Alan Seals for the Broadway Podcast Network. The music and lyrics for the theme song were written by Georgia Famusa. Theme song orchestration by Alexander Sage Oyen. Episodes are edited by Derek Gunther. Thank you to Parody Bill for the graphics. And please don't forget to go to the iTunes show page and rate and review the show. Thanks for listening. Excerpt from the Tony Awards used with permission of Tony Awards Productions.